You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A few days ago, the United States and its allies hit several targets in Syria as retaliation for President Bashar al-Assad's alleged use of chemical weapons to attack his own people in the city of Douma. President Trump announced his intentions for the attack in tweets, of course, and the Syrian regime has said little since the U.S. strike happened. But what did or could this country accomplish with this military action? And what is happening to the Syrian people who are caught between many competing interests, seeing their lives pulled apart or ended? We want to spend the rest of the show today talking about Syria and what's next there. In a bit, we're going to hear from a Syrian physician who immigrated to the United States after being jailed and tortured as a young man in Syria. But first, let's get a clearer picture of what's happening in that country from Saeed Khan, a lecturer in Near and Middle East history at Wayne State University. Saeed, welcome back to Detroit Today. Yeah. Um, uh, let's start with this this strike, this military strike. What could it have accomplished? What did it accomplish? And what is the sort of long-form vision for U.S. policy in, in this country? So as far as what was accomplished, Stephen, there were a few uh, sites which were surgically hit. Uh, the chemical weapons production facilities of Syria and also a research and development uh, lab. Uh, so at least in one sense, uh, there was something done. And it seems as though that was really at the crux of, uh, of U.S. policy, that there be something tangible that can be then demonstrated uh, as well as tweeted. Regarding what is the broader uh, structure, it doesn't seem as though there really is anything coherent. Uh, there is no uh, plan for what to do with Bashar al-Assad, uh, one way or the other. It seems as though in many ways what the United States has done is it has outsourced Syrian policy first to what had been our allies, uh, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, uh, Turkey. Now it seems as though it has been outsourced to Russia. Russia and Iran and Turkey really now seem to be dictating what to do and what not to do about it. And this really demonstrates a complete lack of coherence uh, when it comes to Syria by the current administration. And to be fair, I'm not sure if there really was that much coherence in the prior administration either on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also, I think you can't talk about Syria and the United States and the relationship there without talking about Russia and the role it plays in Syria and the relationship that, that we have with it. And you can't talk about those things without talking about the relationship that Donald Trump, our president, might have with uh, the Russians. We have seen news there as well. Talk about how that fits into the Syrian narrative. Just within the last 24 hours, we hear about the latest flip-flop. Uh, America's uh, uh, ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, in fact, came out quite emphatically on, on Sunday saying that there was going to be the imposition of further uh, sanctions on Russian interests, those companies and those individuals who were doing business with Syria, particularly when it came to chemical weapons. Uh, almost 24 hours later, uh, the president tweets to say that we are not going to impose a sanction, so um, quite uh, emphatically then uh, countermanding his own uh, representative and the country's representative at the United Nations, which of course is mystifying because the kinds of sanctions were really not going to be that severe 
and that egregious. Uh, I'm sure that Putin would have gotten a lot of rhetorical uh, currency out of it, but it wouldn't really uh, mattered much beyond that. But at the same time, it really undermines, I would say, the president's uh, desire to rip up the Iran nuclear deal. Because if, in fact, he was going to try to then punish both Russia and Iran uh, for what their complicity may be with Syria and with the chemical weapons program, then it would have been a stronger position for him to say, I am sanctioning Russia, and as a punitive measure, I am going to step away from the Iran nuclear deal. So again, it comes back to that idea of real incoherence uh, when, it, when it comes to the Syrian policy. Right. When we think about Syria and we think about what Assad is doing to the people there, it, I think you're right that there is some selective outrage about uh, you know, when it's too far, when it requires uh, a response uh, on the U.S. side. But but what's the, the long-term solution to stopping Assad uh, from doing what he's doing? I mean, he is, uh, even if, even if uh, let's say, uh, hypothetically, this attack was not his responsibility. I mean, there's some people who are saying maybe it wasn't. Uh, he's still doing things like that and has done them in the past and probably will do them in the future. What are we supposed to do to prevent that from happening? That's right, Stephen. I mean, the the red line seems to be chemical weapons, but barrel bombs still seem to be uh, allowed on on the menu. Mm -hmm. In order to fix Syria, we have to take a look at broader concentric circles in the region. We cannot have a conversation about uh, a resolution in Syria without having a resolution in Yemen. And for both of those to have any kind of solution, we then have to address the main issue, which is Syria and I'm sorry, Saudi Arabia and Iran. This kind of proxy war that has now been going on for almost 40 years and the fact that the United States and Western allies have clearly doubled down on the side of Saudi Arabia and the UAE in great part due to some very lucrative arms contracts that are being uh, given to both by uh, the United States by Great Britain and France, all three of whom were, by no mere coincidence, involved in the serious strikes over the weekend. At the same time, there's also the recognition that now Russia is a major player in the region and particularly in Syria. So we have moved into yet another great game of major powers in the Middle East. And what is really sad is this is now the third century in which this is occurring. Yeah. Um, uh, so... If this is this sort of proxy war between us and the United or and Russia through Syria, if these other issues in the region uh, all play a role in in what the solution is, then are we headed in any direction uh, that would that would get us to that solution? I mean, that's a pretty complex playing field you just described there. And I don't feel like uh, the actors on it right now are, are very sophisticated. Am I, am I wrong in that assessment? They are neither sophisticated nor do any of them really have clean hands. Everyone has a stake in this. Uh, Turkey uh, wants to neutralize the Kurds. The United States has been supporting the Kurds against ostensibly ISIS. Uh, but what we're really talking about here and what no one is really uh, uh, discussing in the equation is uh, pipelines. We're looking at a pipeline going from Iran, Iraq, uh, through Syria into the Mediterranean, which is something that is of particular interest to the Russians and the Iranians. We have certain interests in either blocking that or having a pipeline go through Turkey. Uh, so again, petropolitics uh, are there. Uh, there has been an awful lot of distraction and diversion uh, when ISIS was on the scene. Uh, talking about uh, things like caliphates and other phantom menaces. But what we're really looking at here is uh, some finance. 
uh, as well as uh, what I mentioned before, some great power and lesser power uh, dynamics at work. A lot of moving parts. Uh, I certainly don't envy anybody who's going to be jumping into the game, trying in earnest to find some kind of a solution. And and uh, talk about the role that Donald Trump and his troubles, both with Russia and with the investigation into Russia, do they play an active role here or are they sort of in the background? It seems as though they are playing an active role, Stephen. In the case of Obama's reticence to do anything in Syria, he was uh, addled by two major issues. One is his desire to put forth the Iran nuclear deal with the hope that then Iran would become seen as a full player and participant in reducing the tensions both in Syria and then more comprehensively in in the Middle East with uh, an effort to negotiation with Saudi Arabia. At the same time, uh, you also have Obama was quite well aware, and I think astutely so, that the United States could no longer act as a unipolar force. Russia was going to be a player in in the equation, and that was going to change the dynamics dramatically. In the case of Trump, though, his um, uh, uh, reticence to do anything about uh, Russia has everything to do with the personal, not with the policy. So I think for him, it's a matter of being gun-shy of uh, upsetting Putin. And whenever there's a situation that the American president has to look to another world leader uh, as a mother may I, uh, that is very, very murky. It's very dangerous. And it's very, very dangerous. I mean, would we, would we be better off if he just uh, if he just sort of retreated from, from this space uh, until all of these other things were, were resolved? Well, that becomes very difficult because here you have a president who is essentially uh, answering to two lords. One, it seems, is Putin, and the other is America's oil and gas interests as well as defense contract interests in the region. Uh, and I think that uh, for, and here's the real irony, uh, for Trump to then be uh, seen as polygamous, uh, to, to have two spouses <laughs> uh, to whom he has to address, uh, makes it, uh, as you said, uh, very aptly a very dangerous situation for the United States, for the region, and arguably on a global level. Okay. Saeed Khan, lecturer in Near and Middle East History at Wayne State University, as always, thanks for joining us on Detroit Today. Thanks again, Stephen. Up next, we are going to hear from a Metro Detroiter who is from Duma, Syria, about growing up in the region and what it was like to watch a civil war unfold. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Thank <laughs> you.